Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Out of the hand of the Pharaoh, out of Egypt, he brought them through the Red Sea, and he brought them into the wilderness, but they were never meant to stay in the wilderness. They were meant to go to a land that God promised belonged to them. It was called the promised land. Just trying to simplify for it. It's called the promised land. And this story in Numbers 13 takes place when they are on the border of the promised land about to go in. Now, if you read your Bible, they ended up spending 40 years in the desert and most of them never went in because of their lack of faith and their disobedience to God. But this story picks up and they're on the border of the promised land, which only should have took them two weeks to walk from Egypt to the promised land and they would have been in the promised land. But because of their lack of faith, most of the people of God's people died in the wilderness after 40 years. But this is what happens. They're on the border of the promised land, the promises of God, and Moses sends out 12 spies. And he says, I want you to go to the promised land, and I want you to spy it out and see what it's like. See if everything that God said was true is true. It's, it, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful land, but I want you to go and bring back a report about the promised land. So he sent 12 spies, and it says when they came back, 10 brought back a bad report, and 2 brought back a good report. Now, I'm not preaching yet, but this is free. Notice, when you say something different from what God says, God calls it a bad report. Some translations said it was an evil report. When you talk the opposite of what God said belongs to you, and what God says is yours, to God, that's an evil, bad report. Okay, let's get back, let's get back. I didn't mean to preach for a second. So he... Sends the 12 spies, 10 brought back a bad report, a report of fear. And two brought back a good report, a report of faith. But they all agreed, the land's awesome. They all agreed on that part. They said, hey, we have seen the land. The land is flowing with milk and honey. The land has trees and it has rivers and it's beautiful and it has cattle and it has cities and it's a beautiful land. And it said they literally brought back a bunch of fruit from the land and the fruit was like supersized fruit. It took a couple men to carry the branches with the fruit on it back to Moses. That's how big the fruit that was growing in the promised land was. So this land was a land of provision. It was a land of abundance. But two brought back a good report and 10 brought back a bad report. But we see this in Numbers 13, 30. Caleb, which was a part of the duo of Joshua and Caleb, they were different than the rest of God's people because they had faith. Now we're talking about faith this morning. And I want to encourage you today, they were different people than everyone else around them because they had faith. The Bible says in the next chapter, chapter that they had a different spirit. What is that different spirit? They had a spirit of faith. And if you're going to 
get different results, you have to have a different spirit, which is the spirit of faith. If you want to live a different life, you're going to have to have a different spirit, which is a spirit of faith. And realize the only two men from that generation that got into God's promises was Joshua and Caleb because they had faith. And they said, yeah, the land is beautiful. It's got abundance, it's got food, it's got everything we need. And yes, it's true, there is enemies in the land. But Joshua and Caleb said, but we are well able to overcome it. It's faith. We are well able to overcome it. Now, I know you're thinking today, how does this pertain to me, Pastor? I'm not living in the Middle East. Thousands of years ago. Well, your Bible says that the scriptures were written to give you hope, to give you encouragement, and to give you an example to follow. So we see the stories in the Old Testament are pointing to a New Testament reality. We see the stories in the Old Testament are pointing as an example to follow their faith on how to receive the promises of God. Now we see in the Old Testament, it's a type and shadow of the New Testament. Now stay with me, I'm going to teach before I preach. In the Old Testament, we see that God's people got brought out of Egypt, out under the hand of Pharaoh and went through the Red Sea into God's promises. We see in the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, we have been brought out of darkness, come on now somebody, into light. We've been brought out of death into life. We have been brought out from the hand of the enemy. We are no longer slaves. We are free now in Jesus. And we see in the Old Testament, God was trying to get his people to a promised land. Now, that promised land was a physical location. It's still in the Middle East today. You can still go there. But that promised land was a place of, hear me, a place of abundance for his people, a place of provision for his people, a place of health and, and wholeness and peace and joy and complete restoration for his people. But it was a physical location that God's people had to travel to. But we see in the New Testament, God still wants the same things for us. And the Bible says all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen for those who have faith and believe it. So as followers of Jesus, we're not trying to get to a certain location or a certain place to receive God's promises. We receive the promises of God by faith. And we can receive them whether we're in London or New Albany. Whether we're in Beijing or Israel, we can receive the promises of God wherever we go. And the promises of God are for us in Christ. All the promises you read in your Bible, which there's thousands of them for the people of God, they are yes and amen for us who are in Jesus. So we are in the same situation that they are in. We have a promise to get to. And it belongs to us. It's part of our inheritance. But there's a key word used in the Old Testament. Even though it belongs to you, you have to take possession of it. And your Bible says the way that we take possession of all the promises of God are by faith. Come on, I'm preaching better than you responded today. We receive the promises of God by faith. 
We take possession of what already belongs to us in Jesus Christ by faith. Now, let me take you a few steps further. We must have this same spirit of faith that Joshua and Caleb had in the Old Testament. And we can have it. Notice this, the spirit of faith is, it's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. It's, no, faith is not something I just did when I got saved one time at an altar. It's the way I live. It's the way I handle every situation. It's the way I think about every situation. I think about it in the spirit of faith. That we're actively, every day, using our faith, believing God for the promises of God. Not just on Sundays, not just at a conference, not just one time. We are actively living a lifestyle of faith. That's called the spirit of faith. And we need to have this same spirit of faith that Joshua and Caleb had, and we can have that spirit of faith. Now, it's good for you guys in here because we are a faith church, and, and faith can be caught. The spirit of faith can be caught. You just being around other faith people, that rubs off on you. But we all have to make this choice. I'm going to have the spirit of faith. With every situation I encounter, with every circumstance I go through, my attitude every day, the way I see my situation, the way I see my future, I'm going to have the spirit of faith. I'm a faith person. And I have a different spirit in me than the world around me. And I'm going to get different results because I have a different spirit in me. And that is the spirit of faith. And I'm going to receive what others don't receive because I have faith. And I'm going to go where others can't go because I have faith. Come on. I know it's after camp, but you got to help me. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. When others are going to say, no, we can't do it, I'm going to say, yes, we can do it because I have a different spirit, the spirit of faith. And I am well able to overcome every situation because I'm a person of faith. Not just one time at an altar, I gave my, because people use that. That's, it's like, yeah, you used your faith once, but God meant for that faith to go further than the altar call. You receive everything from God by faith. That's how we receive the promises of God. Not just the promise of salvation. That's one of thousands of promises from God. We receive everything by faith. All right, so if the promises of God belong to you, it's part of your inheritance in Christ, which it is, as a child of God, how do you get it? You possess it by faith. But the first thing we need to share with you today now, you guys want, you want the spirit of faith, right? I, I can tell you want that, and I want that. This is what a spirit of faith person does. A person who has the spirit of faith knows what belongs to them. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Someone who has the spirit of faith knows what belongs to them. You have to know what belongs to you so that you can have faith or confidence to take possession of it. You could say it like this. And I believe Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said it this way himself. Faith begins 
where the will of God is known. You cannot have faith if you do not know it belongs to you and it's God's will for you. Now, how do we know God's will? Because once again, preachers and Christians, man, they're the worst, aren't they? You can laugh. It's true. They say so many confusing things and then they wonder why Christians are the way they are. Because most Christians believe, well, well, God's will is mysterious. And I can never figure it out. And, and I, don't, I don't know what belongs to me. And I, I will never understand God's will. And, and it's just too far. Uh, you know, I can't understand it. And, you know, how do I know what belongs to me? Because I don't know God's will. It's so mysterious. It's so like, oh, my gosh. Listen. God's word is God's will. It's not hard. You want to know God's will for your life? You want to know the promises of God that belongs to you? This book right here, God's word is God's will. There's no reason to be confused about it. There's no reason to act like, I don't know what, what God wants for me. I don't know what belongs to me. Yeah, you do. Read this. God's word is God's will. We have to know faith begins where the will of God is known. And you have to know what belongs to you first so you can use your faith. You have to know it's God's will for you that that situation or that thing or that promise belongs to you. How do you know that? You need to know God's will. How do you know God's will? You know God's word. God's word says God's will. And when you know God's word, you can be confident knowing it belongs to you. Right? Now, let's look at Romans 10 and verse 17. I, I believe you're with me here this morning. Romans 10 and verse 17. If we could pull it up here. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you cannot have faith unless you know God's word on whatever you're believing for. You have to know God's word on the subject. You have to know it belongs to you. How do you know that? This book right here. Thousands of promises. They belong to you. But unless you know that, you will doubt that it's his will for you. And if you're doubting it's his will for you, you cannot be in faith. You follow me. A person who has the spirit of faith knows what belongs to them. And when you know that, you can be confident in that. You know, if I went out in the parking lot with my car keys and went to Amsie's vehicle, I wouldn't have confidence because I know that doesn't belong to me. But you better believe that Ford F-150 parked around back. I have complete confidence it belongs to me, and I'm going to get right in it after service. Why? Because I know for a fact it belongs to me. You need to be that assured of the promises of God in your life, that it is God's will for my life, that, that I fully am persuaded that it belongs to me. And when I know that, then I can have confidence and faith to receive and take possession of the promises of God. You have to know God's will. We know God's will by knowing God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
Now, when we do that, we can take possession of the promises of God. Now, here's something that you need to understand because everything's not in the Bible on what you should do for your life. That's why you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's never going to tell you something that's out of line with his word that he inspired as well. So when we're believing God for something, we have to hear God speak, whether that's through his written word or through his spirit. And once we hear that, we know it's his will for our life, and we can take possession by faith of that thing. Now, can I, can I get on faith people for a second? Because I know you is faith people. There's a lot of people that have so-called faith failures because they didn't really hear from God and are acting like they're in faith. But you can't have faith for something that God didn't tell you belongs to you. Now, I've seen it my whole life. I've been in a faith church all my life. And I've seen a lot of people say, I'm a God-made billionaire. Did God tell you that? Because you can't even pay your bills. And then that person looks like a goofball, right, to the world around them. And they say they're a faith person. No, you're not no billionaire. Did God tell you you were going to be a billionaire? Now, God told you that he would prosper you. God told you that he would supply all your needs. God told you he would increase you. But unless God told you that, you can't have faith for that. Okay, I'm trying to give you a little balance here. It's going to get better. People believe in God for a house. Well, God told you a house he wants you to have, but he didn't tell you which house yet. And some people are like, well, I'm believing God for this house. And then it doesn't work out. And like, what happened? Did God tell you that was your house? Or you just thought that was your house? And then they blame God. I don't want to believe God anymore. I'm not a faith person. Well, he never told you that was yours in the first place. Let me, let me get your business a little bit more. I'm a, in the words of Bishop Jakes, let me get between you and your makeup. People in church believing God for a spouse. Uh-oh. And telling somebody else in the church, well, God said we're supposed to be together. Did God say that? Or you believe in that? Because if God didn't say that, they don't belong to you. Trust me, I've seen that in church as well. And you can't have faith for that person unless God said that's the right person. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, a person who has the spirit of faith, what do they have? They know what belongs to them. They know the promises of God. Because without knowing that, you cannot have faith and confidence that it's God's will for you. You need to know it's God's will for you. How do you know that? Through God's written word or through him speaking by his spirit to you which will always be in line with his word let me let me read you a verse because it says it many many times throughout the first five books of the bible but god constantly told his people they weren't just guessing that this land belonged to them he literally kept saying this is the land i'm giving you this is the land that belongs to you. This is part of your inheritance. This is yours. It wasn't God's people saying, well, that looks like a nice place. I'm going to just go take over it. Because God wouldn't have been with them if that was the case. God said this belongs to you. 
so they could have faith because they knew it was his will because they heard his word. Now, he repeated that hundreds of times to his people, but notice just the beginning of Numbers 13 and verse 1. So Joshua and Caleb could have confidence in this. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send me to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. You see that? This is God speaking. He said, which I am giving to the children of Israel. I'm giving this to you. So there should have been no doubt with any of God's people, whether that was Joshua, Caleb, the other 10 spies, the millions of other God's people, there shouldn't have been a question mark whether it belonged to them or that God was giving it to them because time after time God said, I'm giving you this land and it belongs to you. So that's why God called their report bad or evil when they came back saying, we can't take this land. When God already said, no, I'm giving you that land. It belongs to you. They were saying the opposite of what God already said belongs to them. So notice that send me to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So a person who has the spirit of faith knows what belongs to them. You with me? Because if you're going to have strong faith, great faith, you're going to have the spirit of faith, you need to know what belongs to you. You need to know God's will. How do you know God's will? You know God's word. The next thing, somebody who has the spirit of faith sees with the eyes of faith. Someone who has the spirit of faith sees with the eyes of faith. Now, I want to encourage you this morning. That's my task this morning or responsibility is I really want to encourage your faith today. Someone who has the spirit of faith sees with eyes of faith. Now, the New Testament says it like this. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, sight is what you see with these eyes. But there's a different set of eyes that you have. The Bible calls it, it's the eyes of your heart. The eyes of your spirit or the eyes of faith. And if we're going to have the spirit of faith, we can't see our life, our circumstance, our future with just these eyes. We have to see with eyes of faith. Or Robert said it like this, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. You have to see with not just these eyes, see it the way that God sees it, which are the eyes of faith. Let's look at Numbers 13 and verse 27. We're going to get into the story a little bit more. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now listen to this. This is ridiculous. Y'all, if you got friends like this, get rid of them quickly. All the other ten dudes that were with him, came right behind him and said this. 
We are not able. Y'all, we are not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we are. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Notice what fear will do to you, what they're saying. All the people whom we saw are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak that came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Notice that we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. The spirit of faith sees with eyes of faith. You realize all the people that spied out the land saw the same exact thing. You with me? They saw the same stuff, but yet one saw it in the natural and one saw it with eyes of faith. And the one that saw it with eyes of faith, it produced faith. And the one that saw it in the natural, it produced fear. The one that saw it in faith said, we are well able. The one that saw it in fear said, we are not able. All by what they saw. A person who has the spirit of faith has to see with eyes of faith. But notice in verse 33, let's put that up there again, verse 33. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. They saw themselves a certain way, and then they assumed that everyone else saw them that same way. They didn't see themselves the way that God saw them. They, say they saw themselves in the natural with sight. They didn't see themselves the way that God saw them. And then they put that off on everyone else. When no one said that. Now we're going to go a little deeper in this story. But realize these guys were spying out the land. They were not interviewing the people in the land. No one said to them. Man, y'all pretty small. Y'all like grasshoppers. No one said that. But they thought that about themselves by what they saw in the natural. And they let their self-image that was not rooted in God or his word be what they believed about themselves, which was not true. And they looked at the enemy around them and it looked so much bigger. And that's what the enemy always does. He tries to make you look like you're small and you're nobody and you can't do it and you're the wrong race and you're from the wrong background and you're from the wrong family and you can't do it. You're not educated. You're just tiny. But all these issues are so much bigger than you are and it's not true. But if he, he can get you to see that, that's what you'll believe about yourself. I'm about to take a lap in this church. He wants to get you to see with these eyes instead of the eyes of faith. Because if you just see with these, you will be overwhelmed. You will be afraid. You will be running scared from the enemy. And he'll always make the problem seem way bigger than it is. And like, you're just nobody. You're nothing. You're way down here. And your problems are, oh man, they're so huge. They're like giants. 
No, it's because you didn't see it with the eyes of faith, which is the way that God sees it. I want to give you a little encouragement too. If you look in Joshua chapter 2, it actually says once they got into the promised land and they started taking these cities, they actually told God's people, we were afraid of you the whole time. Do you realize that God's people could have went into the promised land and not fought anybody? They would not have to fight one battle. They could have walked straight from Egypt into the promised land and not shot a bullet and not shot an arrow and not blown up anything. They would not have to done anything to go into God's promised land. They could have walked right through because all of the tribes and the giants and everybody else was afraid of God's people because they saw what God did in Egypt. But the enemy made them think, no, you guys should be afraid of them. Doesn't he do the same thing to us? The devil is the one that's scared, but yet he makes you feel like you're the one that needs to be scared. You're the one that should be fearful. You're the one that should be running away when he's actually the one that's afraid of you, knowing if you ever got a hold of your authority in Jesus, if you ever got your faith back, if you ever knew what belongs to you, he would be running from you. But for most people, they just believe him like, oh, the devil's so big and bad and all these problems are so big and bad. They're like giants. And actually, in reality, they're scared of you. Trust me, read it later. It's Joshua 2, 9 and 11. They were scared of God's people. Yet, God's people had such a poor image of themselves. They saw themselves in the natural and not the way that God saw them. They put that off on other people. Said, we can't do it. I'm preaching in this Methodist church today. You know, funny joke. A while back I said that. I don't realize we got visitors all the time. And somebody said, oh, I didn't know this church was Methodist. It's not. It's a joke. But. The Bible says that we saw these giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. But it was them first. They saw themselves that way first. Because the giants never said that. They didn't even see them. They were spies. They assumed that. When the whole time all those people in the promised land were scared of God's people. Because they knew how God delivered them out of Egypt. They're like, well, I ain't going to mess with them. I mean, God destroyed Pharaoh and all of the enemy. What are we going to do in the promised land? But notice what the enemy does. He wants you to see differently. He wants you to have a blurred vision of your reality. He wants your circumstances and your troubles and the issues in your life to look so much bigger than you. And it's not true. He wants that to be all you see. So you see yourself as tiny and insignificant and you can't do it and you're not able and I'll never get over this and I'll never get healed of this and I'll never have good mental health again and I'll never figure out this relationship and my prodigal son will never come home. That is a bunch of junk. 
Help me, Jesus. I almost cussed for a second there. That's the way I felt it this morning. It's a bunch of junk. And the enemy, if he can get you to believe that, he's got you. You will stop yourself from moving forward. You will stop yourself from believing God. You will back out of the promises of God. Why? Because you're afraid and you're scared and you're intimidated. Why? Because the enemy has tricked you that it's so much bigger than you and it's not. That's why the person who has the spirit of faith has to see their life and the promises of God with the eyes of faith. With the eyes of faith. And what are the eyes of faith? You have to see it the way that God sees it. Do you realize if you see it the way that God sees your situation, you will have faith? Because even if the situation is legitimately big, it ain't bigger than God. That's how God sees it. Even if the situation is great, it's not greater than God. Even if the situation seems like it's got some powerful, it's not more powerful than God. Even if the situation seems like it's big to you, it ain't big to God. And that's the way the eyes of faith sees their life and the promises of God. You have to see it not just with these eyes, but the eyes of faith. See it the way that God sees it. See from his perspective. See your situation the way that he sees it. That's the only way that Joshua and Caleb could have faith. They saw it differently than everyone else. When millions of God's people said, we can't do it, two dudes said, we can do it. Why? Because they saw it differently. They saw the promised land differently than the rest of the people around them that said, they're so big, they're so strong. Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, they are, but they're not bigger than God. Yeah, there's a lot of people there, but God already said this belongs to us, so we're well able to do it. Am I helping you this morning? We have to see through the eyes of faith. We have to see it the way God sees it. I love this quote. Your problem isn't your problem. The way you see your problem is the problem. (laughs) Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Your problem isn't your problem. The way you see your problem is the problem. For any situation in our life, we can all honestly say most problems and issues we have, we make way bigger than it should be. Because we aren't seeing it the way God sees it. That's why we're getting in fear. That's why we're getting scared. That's why we're intimidated by the situations around us. But if we saw our problems the way that God sees them, it would change. We would have faith. If we saw our promises the way that God sees them, it would change. Someone who has the spirit of faith sees with eyes of faith. Can I go a little bit further here? Someone who has the spirit of faith speaks God's promises. Someone who has faith speaks God's promises. Now we know about faith. Real faith has to be two places if it's going to work. It has to be in your heart. That means you got to believe it. And it has to be in your mouth. You got to say it. 
but our faith is released through our words. Let me give you an example. Even though salvation belongs to you, Jesus died for you, he went to the cross, he raised again, you are forgiven and set free until you believe in your heart and confess it out your, your mouth, you don't receive salvation, right? It's the same way with all the promises of God. We have to believe it in our heart and speak it out of our mouth and our mouth or our confession releases our faith. Let's look at a few verses here. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We all need to understand here, God created us in his image, in his likeness, and we have power in our words. We have authority in our mouth for either death or life, blessing or cursing, either God's promises or the enemy's problems. Either to speak faith or to speak fear. But we have the power of death and life in our mouth. Because what we speak is what we really believe. And we release faith when we speak words. Now let's look at this in another translation. Um, same verse, but in the Good News translation, if we could pull that up. What you say can preserve your life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Look at the message Bible. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You ever heard somebody say, you're going to eat those words? You already are. All of us are. We're all already eating our words. Because we're already, all of us in here are having what we say. Whether that's good or bad. Blessing or cursing, fear or faith, life or death, all of us in here are eating our words every day. The question is, how does it taste? Does it taste good? Does it taste sweet? How does it taste? How's your life taste? Does it taste bad, bitter? It has to do with the words you speak, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. The spirit of faith speaks God's promises. Because we have been given by God authority and power in our tongue. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. And we will eat the fruit of what we say. Now, to give you some more passages so you know I'm not just making this up. Jesus said this himself in the Gospels. Mark 11, 22 and 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith. That's what we're talking about in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Why? Because God has given you authority in your mouth, in your words. And when we speak words, we are releasing faith. Now, sometimes we're releasing faith in the wrong things, but we're still releasing faith. But our words have power and authority in them. And somebody who's a person of faith speaks God's 
promises. Brother Darrell, could you come play? And we're going to close here. Now, don't forget about Joshua and Caleb because I'm not done with them yet. But look at what happened in this story. Now, we already know, we heard Caleb already speak faith. He said, we are well able to overcome it. But after that situation, it says that God's people at the end of Numbers 13 into 14, that God's people listened to the 10 spies who spoke a bad report, an evil report, and there was millions of them. All of them started saying the same thing. Gosh. <laughs> they all started complaining. Read the beginning of Numbers 14. Millions of them started saying, we can't do it. We're just going to die in the wilderness. It would have been better if we went back to Egypt. Must have been the sun or something in the desert, right? It's brain damage to say that. And they started speaking and saying, we can't do it. The promised land doesn't belong to us because all of these giants and these cities and these people, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. We'll just die in the wilderness. And their words had power, just like Joshua and Caleb's words had power. Listen to what God said to them. Listen to what God said to them. Even though the promised land belonged to them, millions of people were kept out and died in the wilderness. And two guys went in because they had faith. But notice what God said because you have power in your words and you got to speak your faith. Numbers 14, 26 through 28. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with the evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, this is God, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. Now, he didn't say, because I said this. He said, because y'all said this. You said this. And because you have power and authority in your words, I'm going to let you have the consequences of your words. And there's another place in Numbers 14, and it says, because Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit and they spoke faith, he said, you two will go in the promised land. But the millions of these people, that generation will die in the wilderness. By what they said. We're still talking about faith here. What does a, a faith person do? What, what does somebody who has the spirit of faith do? They know what belongs to them. They see with eyes of faith, but then they speak the promises of God. They don't speak their problems. They speak the promises. They don't speak fear. They speak faith. They don't speak death. They speak life. They don't speak cursing. They speak blessing. Because they realize they have power in their words. And their words release faith. God said, now if it wasn't written in the Bible, it would always be hard to believe that's true. But God said, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do for you. That's simple. God wasn't punishing them. He was letting them have what they wanted. Most of us need to get over this and stop blaming God. Most of the consequences you have in your life is because God said, all right, 
You want it? You can have it. You said you want this. Okay, here you go. Then we blame God. God, will you do this? As you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do for you. Think about this every day. From this day forward, throughout your day, think about that every time you talk. If you heard God say that after everything you said, oh, I think we would change what we say. If like right after you got done complaining, God was like, okay, as you have said, so I'll do for you. And you're like, please, no, don't do that. I just had to vent for a second, God. I mean, chill. <laughs> but either our words have power or they don't. They have authority or they don't. And God says he hears every word we say and we're releasing faith. So even though you're not audibly hearing God after every word say, so as I've heard, I will do for you. He is saying that. And if you're speaking the wrong things, he's saying, okay. You can have, you can have the consequences of that. But when you speak the right things, then he can move in your life. Then you're giving him permission to move. You're giving him permission to, to bring his power or to bring his healing or to bring something supernatural into your life. When you're saying the right things, you're speaking faith and not fear. Then God can move and flow and get in agreement with that. But if you're not, he's not in agreement with that. But you know who is? The enemy. When you say the wrong things, you're giving him permission to work in your life. Numbers says, as you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do for you. Are you all still here with me today? I'm trying to encourage you this morning. We, we need messages like this to refresh us about faith. We're faith people. If we're going to have the spirit of faith, we need to know what belongs to us. Right here. God's will is God's word. And we need to see with eyes of faith, not just naturally. We need to see us the way that God sees us from his perspective. And the spirit of faith, they're a person who speaks God's promises. They don't speak the problems. They don't speak the troubles. They don't deny that they're there, but they speak God's promises. They speak what God has said over them. They speak what God has promised them. They speak what God says has their inheritance, what belongs to them. They speak what God's will is over their life. And when they do, you're releasing faith. What's God saying? As you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do for you. Millions and millions and millions of God's people died in the wilderness, left out there, when the promises of God were literally feet away. <laughs> feet away. And two went in because they had faith. They said something different. Millions of people said, we're going to die. We can't do it. We're not able. God said, okay. All right. You have what you say. Two said, we, we got this. We can do it. We are well able to overcome. God's with us. God's for us. This land belongs to us. And Joshua and Caleb, read the book of Joshua. 
They conquered every one of those cities. And at the end of Joshua, it says that all the promises of God were fulfilled. And Joshua and Caleb lived to be old men in the promised land. Because they had faith. This is not an isolated group of people. This can be you guys. Joshua and Caleb were written for our learning and for our example that we can have the spirit of faith just like them. And we can go on to the promised land just like them. And we can achieve what God has for us just like them. And we can be different even if millions of other people don't want it. It doesn't matter. We can still go in. We can still have a different life. We can still have a different future. We can have different results because we have a different spirit. And that's the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of faith. We can have a completely different life because of faith. We don't have to listen to the news. Well, everybody's saying it's this. Why ain't everybody? See, some of y'all listen to that too much and get in agreement with this. No, you're from a different spirit. You have faith. It doesn't have to be like that for you. It doesn't have to be like that for your family. It doesn't have to be like that for your finances. It doesn't have to be like that for your mental health. It doesn't have to be like that for your body. It can be different. I got to close or I'm going to preach myself through the ceiling. Are you getting something today? Come on, is your faith encouraged today? Are you excited about it today? Come on, this is true. This is true. But I was thinking about that statement, well, Abel. We need to, just like all in is something we say around here all the time. That's like a statement for Church on the Rock. People say all in. All in, we got, we got wristbands to say, well able's the new all in. And we can say that with confidence because I told them to sing that song on purpose because how can we sell well, well able when we're, we're facing all this stuff? How, how can we do that? We can do that because God is able. And if God is able and he's for me and he lives in me, then who can be against me? And if God is able and he's backing me up and he's for me and he's surrounding me and he's using me, then I am well able. Because the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think and imagine, he lives in me and he's for me. So I can say, I'm well able. We need to get that in our vocabulary, church, at your house at your job, in the car. We need to start saying that when when people mention certain things to you and it seems like you shouldn't say well able, you need to say, we're well able. Hear me today. If you get a bad doctor's report, your response should be, we're well able. No, we're well able to overcome this. And not be like everybody else that says, we're not able. We're not able. We can't, we can't do this. What did God say? As you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do for you. When you get a bad doctor's report, we're well able. I might not feel well able, but I am well able. Because God promised me in his word that healing belongs to me. And I'm well able to overcome it. How about this? 
a financial loss and you're believing God for money for your bills. Well able. I'm well able to do this. God is well able to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What about a relationship that's falling apart and you're concerned about it? Well, God says you're well able. You're well able to heal that situation. I'm well able to move on their life. I'm well able to restore things to better than it's ever been before. We're well able. What about some of you that are struggling with your mental health, anxiety, and depression? You feel like you're not able. God says you're well able. You're well able to get victory over this. You're well able to overcome this. You're well able to get to the place that you have a sound mind. I'm preaching this morning. You're well able to be get to the place that you have perfect peace and joy in your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God says he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power and love in a sound mind. You're well able. But what we say in those situations will determine what God does in our life. Don't get reports or situations like that come up and say, well, angle work. Finish the statement. Well, able. Yeah. Well, I don't know. God says, as you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do for you. No, we're well able. We need to speak that. I feel this strongly. I feel like some of you have been saying the wrong things about the circumstances in your life. And I want to challenge you. We need to be like Joshua and Caleb this morning. Whatever we see, whatever we face, we need to say what they said. Let us go at once, for we are well able to overcome this. We're well able to get victory. We're well able to get on the other side of this. We're well able to do everything that God has told us belongs to us. Did you guys get something today? Come on, are you well able this morning? You well able? Come on, you just need to text some people this week. Just don't even say anything else. Say well able. You well able? I'm well able. I don't care what it is. I'm well able. We need to get that in our vocabulary because that's what God says about us. Let's get in agreement with God. God says we are well able. Could you stand up with me today? I want to read you one last passage of Scripture, and I think you're going to love this. 2 Corinthians 8, or 4, and verse 8. Now, this is what the spirit of faith sounds like. This is Paul writing the Corinthian church. Now, to give you context... Paul is someone who has been persecuted, who has been beat for sharing the gospel, who's been thrown in prison, who has had shipwreck. He's had some persecution, but he has faith. He has a well-able attitude. Notice what he says. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. Are you, do you hear the spirit of faith in that? He didn't deny that that was going on, but he said, hey, but we're not crushed, though. We got faith. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Because that's what faith says. Always carrying about in my body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. 
For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Now he's literally saying, because he almost got killed multiple times for sharing his faith. That the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. And since we have the same spirit of faith. We do. We have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had, that Moses had, that Joshua had, that Caleb had, that all the heroes of the faith had, that David had. We have that same spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Because faith has to be two places in your heart and in your mouth. We also believe and therefore we speak knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all these things are for your sakes, that the grace having spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And the best part, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, that means it's getting older, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, you hear the faith in that? Spirit of faith, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, seen by faith, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on, did you get something today? Come on, Father, we just thank you today. Could you raise your hands if you feel comfortable? Father, we just love you today. We thank you for stirring up the spirit of faith in your people today. We thank you that we are people of faith. We thank you, Father, we are sorry if we put down our faith. We're picking it back up this morning. We're strengthening ourselves in, in the faith today. We thank you that we are believers and not doubters. We are overcomers. We are victors and we're not victims. We thank you, Father, we are well able to do everything you called us to do. Every situation, every circumstance, every problem, we are overcomers because we are well able in you. And Father, we thank you for it today. We thank you for the victory that is ours in Jesus. We thank you for all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, and they belong to us, and we're going to fight for them, and we're going to pursue them, and we're going to receive them by our faith. And we thank you for it today. Father, we thank you for it today. Come on, can we thank you for a second? Father, we thank you for stirring us up, stirring the faith of God on the inside of us up. We thank you for the spirit of faith being stirred up in this room this morning, that we have the same spirit of faith that the Old Testament saints had, that the New Testament saints had. We have that same spirit of faith on us at Church on the Rock, and we receive it this morning. We receive it this morning. We're going out of here not discouraged, not in fear, but in faith, knowing that we are well able to do everything you called us to do. We are well able to overcome. We're well able to do all that you have for us. We thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. We love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you for the victory that belongs to you. We thank you for it this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody thankful this morning? Come on, anybody thankful this morning? You're not stuck. 
Your life's not over. It's not done. No, you're well able to do this. Come on, get back on your faith. You're well able to overcome this. You're well able to receive the promises of God. You're well able. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. You have an inheritance that belongs to you. Go possess it by faith. Go possess it by faith. Go possess it by faith. Stop sitting in the wilderness. Go possess the promises of God by faith. They belong to you. They belong to you. I don't care who you are in this room this morning. They belong to you. You're not left out. You're not left out. They belong to you. But you got to go get them by faith. They belong to you. They belong to you. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of faith in this room. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We love you today. We thank you today for your word. It helps us, it encourages us, it changes us. It puts faith in us today. And we receive that impartation of faith this morning. We receive that impartation of faith today. We thank you for the spirit of faith moving in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.